0: Shalom, and thank you for listening to sermons from Tikvot Israel, a messianic synagogue in the heart of Richmond, Virginia. Listening to the podcast is great, but we would love to meet you in person. All are welcome, and that includes you. So if you want the full experience, please join us Saturday mornings at 10 a.m. for our worship service at the corner of Arthur Ashe Boulevard and Grove, in the historic synagogue across from the art museum. Can't make it in person? No problem. We are also live streaming on YouTube. Contact our administrator at tichvatdirector at gmail.com for the link during the week, or contact us on our website, tichvatisrael.com. There, you can also support the ministry, learn more about Messianic Judaism, and find helpful resources. May Hashem bless you through the hearing of His Word. One of my favorite uh, superhero story devices, and it's actually in a lot of movies, but uh, typically in a superhero story as well, when the villain has everything planned out, right? And then the hero arrives at the end, and then the villain says something like this. Ha-ha, you're too late, Batman. I've already set up my evil plan. There's no way you could possibly foil me this time. (laughs) <laughs> Does that sound familiar, right? That, ha ah, you're too late, right? I just have that in my brain. And in reality, what's the truth? Is the hero too late? Not at all, right? It's just a ploy of the villain because the hero has some third option, maybe, that the, the villain didn't know about or maybe sometimes the hero actually goes back in time or maybe the villain has unwittingly set up his own demise, right? So I just have a little poem of encouragement for these heroes that are stuck in this situation. This is how it goes. Dear Batman, it's never too late to rededicate. Though the timing might be odd, rededicate yourself to God. No matter what time your arrival, you're never too late, according to the Bible. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Yeah, I'm a regular uh, T.S. Eliot up here. Okay. You know, I had a real life situation in ministry very similar to the hero-villain showdown that I just described. The villain was not human, but rather the same villain that we described in our Haftara portion, the enemy of our souls, the accuser. Here's what happened. There was an older Messianic Jewish man that I got to know a few years ago. His son brought him here to Tikvot a few times. The son called me because his father was in the hospital, so I went to minister to them both. The father was not very responsive, but he had accepted Yeshua many years before. So I said a few psalms and liturgies over the dad, but mostly I comforted the son and talked with him and we processed his emotions together and and what he was feeling. About a month later, the son called me to let me know that his dad was passing away soon. Could be any day or even in the next few hours. I happened to be free when he called, so I went by the assisted living facility to pray for the family. By the time I arrived, however, I was too late. The father had already died, And his three grown children were there around him, including the son whom I had met. I said the Kaddish, the Mourner's Kaddish that I read a few minutes ago, and a few other prayers, and I spoke some words of comfort to the son and the two sisters, his two sisters. As I left the family and stepped outside into the parking lot, I was suddenly overwhelmed with emotion. I said to the Lord, if only I had arrived earlier— And I felt the Lord comfort me once I was alone, after I had comforted the family. It was just me and him in the parking lot. And I had a strong sense of the Lord saying, it's okay, because now he's with me, the rabbi of rabbis. And just as suddenly I felt an overwhelming sense of peace because I am a father, but he is the father. I am a rabbi, but he is the rabbi. Yeshua is my rabbi. So I had gone a month earlier, and I had, in a sense, gardened this man and, and ministered to him, even though he couldn't really respond to me. But I was doing the avodah, I was doing the gardening. A month earlier, he was part of my avodah. But now, this man was not in my garden anymore. He was in the garden of the Lord. The villain of my soul tried to tell me, like that Batman villain, right? You're too late. But the Lord comforted me, because it's never too late, because God is sovereign over time and space. Do you know how long it took me to get through seminary at the Messianic Jewish Theological Institute? Took me 13 years. I thought they were going to give me a bar mitzvah at the end of it. I mean, it was, you know, it was really something. I started even before I had met my wife. That's how young I was. I was a school teacher at the time, so I could only take one class at a time. Some days I felt like I was too late. It was taking too long. But the good thing about it was that I could apply what I was learning in school to my life and to my work, especially once I wasn't teaching anymore, once I was doing more ministry. Sometimes folks go away to seminary and they might get it all done quickly, but they have no practical experience perhaps to anchor them so that when they start pastoring or rabbying, there's this huge shock and a huge learning curve. And the enemy was trying to tell me, look, you're, you're taking too long, you're too late. But the Lord was my hero, and he encouraged me to persevere and see the goodness of this process, to see, oh no, this is the process that the Lord was giving me so that I could have on-the-job training, so that I could learn something in school and apply it at the same time and still go through it. You know, As I was working as a teacher or working here at the synagogue, I just did it at the Lord's pace, at my own pace. This week after work, I went outside with my son and uh, met a neighbor of mine with a cute little puppy. We just started chatting and he started sharing with me some things, like he went to Liberty for college and that it was a Christian university. That he had some challenges at work, training up some knuckleheads, that was his words, not mine. And he shared with me that he had lived here for a year, he had moved back here, but he didn't yet have a church home. I felt led to ask him about that. He also shared that he lived for 10 years in Miami and had a girlfriend during that time, but they broke up and he moved back here to Richmond. He said he felt old, he was 35, like he was behind or something. And I shared with him, well, I'm 41 and I had my son last year when I was 40. And he said, you know, all my friends are on their like third kid or something, you know, it feels like a competition. Eventually he said, you know, I guess, I guess it's not too late. And I said, absolutely. And he said he really needed to hear that. And I, of course, I thought of the sermon that I was writing. You know, I was in, this week, this is what I was working on. So I felt like it was, it was appropriate. And I felt a nudge from the Holy Spirit. I don't always do this, but I felt a nudge. And I asked if I could pray for him. You know, I just met this guy. And uh, he said, absolutely. So I prayed a blessing over him, that he would find a good church home, or Messianic synagogue, (laughs) and a wife at the right time. But I just thought it was interesting that the Lord did that. I don't always share my faults and struggles up here from the Bema, because it it wouldn't be, you know, necessarily appropriate. But it's important for you to know that I am human. Yeah. I have faults. (laughs) I have bad days. I'm not sure the best way to prove to you that I'm human and that I have faults. Maybe I should select which of these pictures has a bicycle and then you'll know that I'm human. That joke was just to capture your attention. I'm sorry. Anyways, (laughs) when I met this young man this week, I was actually having a bad day. I was really not feeling good and just being available and feeling that nudge from the Holy Spirit to speak encouragement to him and pray for him, it was a real blessing from God and an encouragement to me. God was showing me that it's never too late in the day, it's never too late in the week to rededicate myself to the Lord, to be available to what God wants to do. There was a commercial when I was growing up for something called the pizza bagel, and the jingle went like this. Pizza in the morning, pizza in the evening, pizza at supper time. You know this, right? When pizza's on a bagel. Thank you. All right. You can have pizza anytime. That's right. Well, I'd like to adapt this for the mercy of the Lord. Because we know from Ecclesiastes that his mercies are new every morning but also there's this, so sing it with me if you know it. Mercy in the morning, mercy in the evening, mercy at supper time. You're not singing with me. When God's mercy is upon us, we can dedicate ourselves anytime. Yeah, it needs a little work, I think. Don't clap for that. (laughs) It's never too late to do what? To rededicate, that's right. That is one of the nuggets of wisdom from the Hanukkah story. The legend of the oil lasting eight days is probably true. After all, God did a similar miracle right here at Tikvat Israel during our first Hanukkah in 1990. However, the original reason for Hanukkah being eight days had nothing to do with the oil, did you know that? What other holiday do we know is eight days? Mm. Well, let's check it out in 2 Maccabees chapter 10, which is in some Bibles, such as the Catholic Bible, and is generally considered historical and helpful. It's considered historical and helpful, but not inspired scripture. For some context, Judah Maccabeus and his brothers rose up against the evil Greek tyrant Antiochus because he had forbidden the Jews from keeping the Torah and had desecrated the holy temple with foreign gods, such as Zeus, and by sacrificing a pig, if you can imagine that, in the holy of holies. The word Hanukkah means dedication, because the Jews cleansed, consecrated, and purified the holy temple once again. So let's take a look at that. Now Maccabeus and his followers, the Lord leading them on, recovered the temple and the city, They tore down the altars that had been built in the public square by the foreigners and also destroyed the sacred precincts. It's kind of like taking down the high places in the book of Judges. They purified the sanctuary and made another altar of sacrifice. Then striking fire out of flint, they offered sacrifices. After a lapse of two years, and they offered incense and lighted lamps and set out the bread of the presence. When they had done this, they fell prostrate. And implored the Lord, they might never again fall into such misfortunes, but that if they should ever sin, they might be disciplined by him with forbearance and not be handed over to blasphemous and barbarous nations. It happened that on the same day on which the sanctuary had been profaned by the foreigners, the purification of the sanctuary took place. That is on the 25th day of the same month, which was Kislev. They celebrated for eight days with rejoicing in the manner of the... Festival of Booths, remembering how not long before, during the Festival of Booths, they had been wandering in the mountains and caves like wild animals. Therefore, carrying ivy-wreathed wands and beautiful branches and also palm fronds, the lulav and the etrog, they offered hymns of thanksgiving to him who had given success by the purifying of his own holy place. They decreed by public edict, ratified by vote, that the whole nation of the Jews should observe these days every year, Such then was the end of Antiochus, who was called Epiphanes. Notice that they celebrated the festival of booths, otherwise known as Sukkot. When did they celebrate it? In Kislev, in in the winter. That's why the festival was eight days, in addition to the likely miracle of the oil. You heard the expression, it's like Christmas in July. What we have here is, it's like Sukkot in the winter. It's amazing. They were simply unable to observe Sukkot because why? They were hiding in caves and they were fighting for their freedom and the temple was desecrated. It wasn't able to be used for that purpose. It seemed like it was too late, didn't it? But the Lord gave them this time to recognize Sukkot, that God was with them in the wilderness and God was with them not only in the fall but also in the winter. And God is also with us when? In the spring and the summer, yeah. He's with us all year round, exactly. The Lord gave him that time. There's a similar provision in the scriptures for Passover. This is from Numbers 9, starting in verse 9. Then Adonai spoke to Moses, saying, Say to the children of Israel, saying, If any man, whether you or your descendants, becomes unclean because of a dead body or is away on a long journey, he may yet observe Adonai's Passover. They are to celebrate it at twilight on the 14th day of the second month. When is Passover normally celebrated? The evening of the 14th day of the first month. With matzot and bitter herbs, they are to eat it. They are not to leave any of it until morning or break any bones. When they celebrate Passover, they are to observe all its regulations. In other words, if you're unable to celebrate Passover for some reason in the first month of the spring, You can celebrate it one month later. This is actually in the Torah as a provision. There's no too late with the Lord. (laughs) It's really beautiful. I actually did this. I celebrated Passover a month later with a Messianic Jewish man who was unable to celebrate. He missed Passover and he was unable to do it. He wanted to. It was on his heart to do so. And I went to visit with him and was able to bring the Seder and do some of the elements with him and, and celebrate with him. So in other words, that's how it goes. There are many other examples of this in the scriptures. God gave second chances and third chances and fourth chances to many people in the scriptures. Think about Jacob. We've been reading through the story of Jacob and how many times did he sort of mess up and the Lord always brought him back. Or King David messed up a few times in different areas. Or Jonah, if you've ever seen the Veggie Tales For Jonah, what is the best song in that? He's the God of what? Second chances. It's beautiful, but it's true. What about Peter? When Peter betrayed Yeshua, he betrayed the Lord, his rabbi that he had walked with with three years, and the Lord restored him. What about Samson? He compromised so many times. The Lord always brought him back, and he had a good end, essentially, to to that story. So. This is what we need to understand from the scriptures, that the Lord gives us those second chances, those third chances, and that it's not too late. However, we've been saying that it's never too late to rededicate ourselves to the Lord, to repent. And that is generally true. But there is one exception that we must address that actually helps us understand. There's one condition that would make it too late repent and thankfully thank god none of us here has met this condition that would be if we enter the world to come and we're not present in this world any longer this is from shabbat 153a which is from the mishnah in the rabbinic writings similar to second maccabees that i read earlier this is helpful jewish literature that is not on the same level as the inspired scriptures, but it's still helpful. We learned there in a Mishnah that Rabbi Eliezer says, repent one day before your death. Rabbi Eliezer's students asked him naturally, what did you think they would ask him? But does a person know the day on which he will die? He said to them, ha ha, I hear him saying that, exactly. (laughs) All the more so, this is a good piece of advice. And one should repent today, lest he die tomorrow. And by following this advice, one will spend his entire life in a state of repentance. Because we don't know. And King Solomon also said in his wisdom, at all times your clothes should be white and oil should not be absent from upon your head. Meaning that a person always needs to be prepared. This is similar to the parable of the maids who were prepared with oil for the wedding, at least some of them, and some of them were not prepared. This is a parable of Yeshua from Matthew 25. Then the kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. For when the foolish ones took their lamps, they took no oil with them. But the wise ones took oil and jars along with their lamps. Now, while the bridegroom was taking a long time, they all got drowsy and started falling asleep. But in the middle of the night, there was a shout, look, the bridegroom, come out to meet him. Then all those virgins got up and trimmed their lamps. Now, the foolish ones said to the wise, give us some of your oil since our lamps are going out. But the wise ones replied, no, there won't be enough for us and for you. Instead, go to those who sell and buy some for yourselves. But while they were going off to buy, the bridegroom came. And those who were ready went in with him to that wedding feast, and the door was shut. Now later the other virgins came, saying, Sir, sir, open up for us. But he replied, Amen, I tell you, I do not know you. Therefore stay alert, for you know neither the day nor the hour. In other words, since we don't know when we will cross to the other side, to the marriage supper of the Lamb, the world to come, we don't know when we will face our Maker, we should be... Humble, we should be repentant, and we should be filled with the oil, which is the Spirit of God. This really fits, actually, overall very well with the theme of Hanukkah that we've been exploring. In other words, today, if you hear God's voice, don't harden your heart. If God is nudging you, nudging you to do something, Could be accepting Yeshua as Lord. Could be apologizing to someone. Could be forgiving an old hurt. Following an instruction from the Lord. Entrusting something or entrusting someone to God. Could be carving out quality time with God in a way that is meaningful to you. Could be fasting from a craving that you feel you can't live without. Whatever it is, Today is the day, amen? It's never too late to rededicate yourself to the Lord. So if you can afford this moment to repent, take this time to relent. If you hear God's voice, make the helpful choice because you are dedicated belonging to God, and consecrated. You were bought with a price, so take this sound advice. Don't harden your heart, but make today the start. To sing God's praises like a harmonica, because dedication is the meaning of Hanukkah. That's right. (laughs) Avinu, Father, thank you for your goodness to us. We pray that you would help us to remain repentant, to remember it's never too late. It's never too late to turn back to you. If we're having a bad day, the first part of the day, we can turn back to you the second part of the day. If we're having a bad season, bad month, we can always turn to you the second part of the month. You're always willing and ready to have us back to you, Lord, because you are kind, because your kindness brings us to repentance because you have set aside these times for us and you've given us multiple chances, more than one chance to come back to you, to make things right. And we thank you for that, that your grace is sufficient for us, that your power is made perfect in our weakness. And in Yeshua's name we pray. Amen.